0: progeny prospers and thrives and the village is proud of him in his decline at the sight of that placid and bland physiognomy when he sits in the
1: sun
0: on the vicarage wall the oldest inhabitant
2: from the musical Cats in celebration of the drama department's performances this week of Cats at Stockport Plaza. We're going to meet my first guest, the awesome Kerry Ellis, very, very soon. Just before we do, though, I thought it might be appropriate to play her new single, I suppose you'd call it. Uh, She has a new album out, it's called Kings and Queens, and this is the title track. title track of Kerry Ellis's fabulous new album I love it I'll be playing it a lot more on this show in the future Uh, so let's hear from Kerry Ellis then she's a Broadway star she's a West End star she's a singer but how does she actually pigeonhole herself if that's a fair thing to ask
3: you know it totally depends on the day of the week and I you know I think there's a lot of times I would call myself kind of a, a, a singer because I do love that but I think what I love the most is that I have variety in my life and I get to, you know, people say you can't have it all, but, you know, I'm a mum, I'm a wife, I'm a singer, I'm an actress, I'm a, uh, you know, I do podcasts at times, I do, I've done a book, I've done albums, you know. I get to do so many different things and I think that's that's what I love. I love that I get all of those uh, you know all of those drives, all of that adrenaline, and all of that. I like to challenge myself. I like things to be different, and and that's what keeps me going. And I'm fortunate to be able to get to do that.
2: Given that variety is the spice of life, which is what you're saying. When you've appeared in shows like Wicked, where you've done a long run, is that less exciting for you? Or, do you, or because I, I, as a person who watches theatre, I marvel at the fact that people can reproduce over and over again in such minute detail such specifically perfect performances and you did that like so many others do so when you do a long run like that do you not like it is it something that you do just to make to pay the bills yeah. do you prefer the, the, the variety which is which how does that all work for you i,
3: I mean i've I've been doing musicals and long shows for over 20 years now. And especially for early on in my career, I was doing shows back to back. And it's kind of what I knew, what I loved, what I was familiar with. But I think people kind of forget how how different it can be every night and all that and you know people uh, have their routines every day some people exercise some people run every day some people go for a walk some people you know do meditation yoga whatever and they have routine and they will tell you themselves that not every run feels the same not every yoga session feels the same you know not every walk feels the same because we're human we feel different every day and it's it's the same in theater but the the differences are bigger. Yes, you have the routine of doing the same show every day, saying the same lines, you're singing the same songs, you're going in the same direction. But the elements are so different. The audience is the biggest thing. They're different every day. And the response to the audience, which is the beauty of live theatre... Is different, and that makes you react differently. You'll you'll probably be on stage with different people. You know, with long runs, there's there's understudies, there's sickness, there's you know people change uh, throughout the company. There's different musicians. There's there's so many variables that happen because it's live. I and I think that's the beauty of it. So I, I think even if you're doing a long running show, you know, usually people are on year contracts that year goes rapidly quickly because of the variations in it um, so yeah i think i like i i like the familiarity of a show i the the last one i did i mean i did a play i did a shakespeare um a midsummer night's dream was the was the latest kind of show that i did but prior to that i did a musical called anything goes um which was Amazing, and I loved every second of it. And I loved being part of a company again. I really enjoyed that familiarity and that um, you know knowing what every day is like. That is kind of nice. Um, but but yeah, then I also enjoy when I'm when I'm not being part of that. And like at the moment, I'm not in a show, and I'm here, there, and everywhere. I'm, I'm at the Lyric Theatre on Sunday. I'm at the Albert Hall on Wednesday. I'm you know on a on a ship on uh, the following week. It, you know it's, they all have their, their bonuses and they all have their negatives. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I think I feel very fortunate to do a job that I love and that I'm passionate about and it's something I kind of say to my kids, you know find something you love. what do we love? Let's experience lots of different things and let's find what you enjoy and because you spend so long working, you want to do something that you in, enjoy doing so that it doesn't feel like work.
2: Are you in a position yet because of your amazing CV where you can actually choose what you do or do you still have to audition or how, how does that work?
3: Um, I would love to say that I am in a position of choice, but <laughs> I think, I don't know if any of us are because it's it's very circumstantial, our work. Um, you know, you're, you're. I say this to students now, if I go and do workshops and stuff with students, I say to them, you know, your life can change in a phone call and my life still changes in a phone call most days. Um, you know, a, a concert could come in literally this afternoon and, and change my whole direction of where I'm going. And it's it's so flexible and fluid and inconsistent, um, which for some people that just doesn't work for them, not knowing where they're going, not knowing, you know, their... their security just doesn't doesn't work um but for me it you know I, I never really know what's going to happen regarding to audition um if it's a musical I, I it's a mixture sometimes they they will call me which is very nice <laughs> very flattering but most of the time I will have to go in and do something whether it's whether it's read some script or sing a song or or you do a bit of a workshop or a chat with the director generally i I, you know there is that that conversation um but yeah it's always it's always different
2: music is obviously massive to you and i've had this debate with various creatives from musical theatre and other fans if you like like me as what is the most important part of a, of a musical? Is it the music? It sounds obvious. Is it the story? Is it the, you know, the way that the, the whole thing is designed? I'm assuming because of your background and your, you know, you, you have great connections. You work with Brian May from Queen. You've, you've worked, you've, you've, you've sung several songs written by my own personal musical heroes, Benny and Bjorn from ABBA on your albums, you know, where story of a heart and anthem and from yeah. Christina and things like that. You've done all that, so I wonder whether the thing that draws you most to a musical is actually the music.
3: Sometimes, yes. Um sometimes it is. And and things like if I go and or if I hear a musical first, something like Dear Evan Hansen, which I did hear the music first, I fell in love with that music. And I think as a kid, you know, I heard I was Obsessed with Les Mis and Miss Saigon as a kid because I knew the music and that did draw me in. And then obviously, when I went to see the musicals later, I was just obsessed. Um, so, yeah, the music is a massive part of the show. Um, but that said, I think if you like now, it, it's it has to be more than that. It has to be the the entirety. Because if you go and see a show that's brilliant music, but the story isn't great, yeah, you still enjoy the show, but you don't. You're not completely trans, uh, you know, transported away for that period of time, which is what you want in a show. You want to be, you want to feel something. You want to be moved. You want to, uh, you know, come come away talking about it. Um, and I think if we, if we all knew what the secret to, a, you know, the perfect musical was, we'd all be millionaires and we'd all have musicals out there. And I think I, I realize how difficult it is to put on a new musical. I've been part of, of, of new musicals way back when I was kind of doing um, We Will Rock You, and I've, I've, I've seen that, how that develops, how that happens um and then more recently with with new musicals i do lots of workshops and i'm part of um lady m the musical which is in development at the moment and you know it's fascinating to me to to see the development and how it all is put together and how long it takes and how many changes it goes through and and it's it's hard you know it's difficult and i, I we never quite know what's going to connect what's going to resonate with people um you know you can, because they're because they're so different, you look at the musical like six, you know, which is, is 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 so was a whole new entity. it was young and fresh and different, and it just struck a chord with people and went went berserk same with Hamilton, Hamilton was so different, but it just struck a chord and just kind of flew and took off. but you know you do, you don't know what's gonna work, um and there's so many factors that have to have to be um considered i mean i just got an email this morning telling me that wicked on broadway is about to turn 20 and uh you know they're celebrating 20 years and and i look at wicked and i go you know what is it that makes that a hit is it is it our connection to the wizard of oz is it our is it the is it Stephen Schwartz's incredible music is it the identifying with somebody that's that's not so straightforward or relationships or is it the costumes is it the you know what is it but i think essentially it's it's a story of it's a story that we we want to be moved by i think
2: I can understand that. That's only the first part of my interview with Kerry Ellis. Two more parts of that interview to come in the following week. She is absolute, as far as I'm concerned, West End and Broadway royalty. And you will hear all about her new album, Kings and Queens, working with Brian May and all sorts of other stuff in the coming weeks. But for now, I've got to finish this little section by playing the song she's probably best known for, which is singing Defying Gravity from The Amazing Wicked.
4: programming, or to listen to your favorite interviews again, check the website, oribblefm.com.
3: 106.7 Ripple FM.
2: called Magic it's from Xanadu the musical film that starred Olivia Newton-John and that seemed an appropriate way for me Ian Cheeseman, here on Break a Leg to introduce my get- next guest which is Ben Hart who is Jadu he will be performing at the Keyes Theatre the Larry Theatre on Monday the 23rd of October before that is at uh, Northwich at the Memorial Court the day before on Sunday the 22nd of October a magician who mystifies his whole audience. So how does he do it? How can he explain his show? That's what I asked him.
5: That's always a hard question in a way because I don't want to ruin any surprises in the show, but my style is um, quite comedic and my work is always focused in sleight-of-hand magic. I don't have any big boxes or elaborate sort of stage machinery. And so what you see is uh, what I think is the purest way of doing magic, which is with very normal objects from the audience. And I've been doing this thing for such a long time that now I think that my work has become very baffling and very funny and contemporary. I think a lot of people might expect a sort of cheesy magic show. Magic hasn't always got a good reputation for being cutting edge, but I think my style is quite different. And And I have a lot of people coming to the show who say, oh, I didn't like magic shows, or I got dragged along, and it turns out they really enjoy it. I suppose
2: one of the people that I most have enjoyed over the years watching in magic is somebody who is very theatrical in the way he presents his magic, and that was and is David Copperfield, who admittedly did some very big stunts and perhaps the opposite of what you do, but nevertheless knew how to tell stories in an entertaining way. So is there an element of that, albeit on a smaller scale, that you do?
5: Yeah, absolutely. For me, the the sort of challenge... It's a good challenge, is that I do a full evening show, you know, two-act show in the theatre. So I have to hold the audience's attention, and there's definitely a storytelling element to my work. I really like the power of stories, and magic can sometimes unlock a story you wouldn't be able to tell without that idea. And also magic is such a great way to allow an adult audience to let their imaginations run wild. It would be hard for somebody to just say to... An audience adults, I'm just going to tell you some stories now. They might think, oh, we haven't got time for this. But the bit of magic can unlock a sort of childlike thing that means that stories go really well in the show. I
2: suppose a good example for me, and I'm just using this as an example to see where we go with it, is that when I saw Copperfield live, um, at one point he was flying through the air. Now, I guess lots of magicians, and even in stage shows that have special effects like a flying Delorean or a flying magic carpet or Chitty Chitty Bang Bang or the falling of the chandelier in Phantom of the Opera have such grand scale effects. But they—they're not just about how does he do that. They're actually about enjoying the, you know, the whole feel of it, so that you could come away going, "Think I know how they did it," but I still enjoyed it. Do you ever? Oh think that way as a magician that that even if people figure out how it works that there's more to it than that it's about this this bigger picture entertainment
5: i think that's true yeah it's interesting though because in a magic show i want the audience to go with me and suspend their disbelief but also it's necessary that they remain critical so i don't want them to get too swept up in fantasy because that's not what I do. What I do is bring, uh, is put fancy into unexpected places. Like you think, oh, it's just a card trick. This is not going to be very interesting. And then, bam! Suddenly, they're invested in story. But in the moment at uh, the end, where right, something has to be amazing, I have to remind the audience of the in, the conditions that would make it impossible. So when you have a car flying like titty titty bang bang in a in a show. You don't have somebody walk out and say, and you can see all the way around the car and you know that there's no wires and you know that there's nothing holding it up from the back. Well, that, well, in a magic show, you have to say that. And that's what makes it so exciting for me is the ebb and flow of it becoming theatrical and then becoming scientific and back to theatrical again. I quite enjoy the way that you're pulling the audience in and then pushing them away again.
2: I talk to a lot of creators who go on stage who admit that they feel a little bit nervous before they go on stage. You might be nervous on two levels, I guess. One, the fact that you're on stage and you're in front of a big audience, but also in case anything goes wrong. So what's your uh, pre-stage
5: routine like? Do you suffer from nerves? I'm fortunate to not suffer from nerves, and I never have. And I sometimes feel almost disappointed to not have them, especially when we're doing particularly um, important things. And I feel like I should really be feeling nervous about this. But I suppose that uh, it's, it's good to not be nervous before going into work for me every day. <laughs> I think that I do so many shows that pretty much everything that can go wrong has gone wrong. And I've had many, many awkward and embarrassing situations over the years, And I think I've made peace with that. Now, almost nothing seems like it could be a problem because it's probably happened before. In fact, when I put a new piece of material in, I'm almost inviting it to go wrong because only when something's gone wrong can I realize that it, A, might go wrong like that and B, how to prevent that from happening. And one of the things I say in the the rehearsal room all the time is I might make a mistake and the people around me will think like, oh, that's made a mistake. And I say, that's great because now we know that that bit now we know that can go wrong and so it's about putting the the chance of failure in a situation that allows you to still make new work for the audience but also so that they don't notice that it went wrong
2: how do you deal with that then is did you go into tommy cooper mode
5: i have um loads of systems that will give me ways to get out of things a simple example is the types of things that can go wrong are often not not ones that you would think about for example I'll, I'll keep talking about, let's say, a deck of cards. If we have a deck of cards, well, I might drop them. And maybe those cards had to be in a spe- specific order. Now, the chance of me dropping them is very slim. It It's probably happened two or three times in my entire career that I've just accidentally dropped them. So I always set two packs of cards. So if I drop one, I just go into my bag and pick up the next one. So really, I just put in place spares like that. Or I have a sort of tree diagram of that error would mean and how I would get out of it if it went wrong. the audience never sees those errors. But when you're dealing in a magic show that's a full-length show, there can be hundreds of props and things to touch and move around. And just like if you're moving stuff around your kitchen, you might drop a glass or something. Those mistakes, they happen.
2: Have you done this all your life? Was this this you as a child as well?
5: Uh, Yeah, I started when I was a little kid. In fact, my earliest memories have magic in them. So I was definitely doing it from a, from about the age of five because I remember being at a kid's birthday party and they had a, a magic clown who invited me up on stage and the kid sitting next to me said, don't invite Ben on stage, he's already a magician. So I don't know what magic I was doing back then, but I must have been doing something interesting.
2: <laughs> and you obviously still enjoy it just as much. I mean, it,
5: it changes, does it, all the time or is it fundamentally really the same? The things that I enjoy change a lot. Um, I've evolved a lot in what what it is that keeps me interested. I used to be interested in the technical challenges of can I learn this? Can I do that?" and you know can i can I make the audience laugh? Can I get better, louder applause? all that stuff It seems quite technical now um I'm very interested in the idea that I am simply showing the audience a feeling of astonishment that's already inside of them. And that's completely changed the direction of interest for me. It used to sort of be about me. The audience is applauding me. But now it's very much about the audience is applauding themselves and their ability to find amazement in that. Sometimes those mundane props.
2: Well, we all need escapism in our lives. That's for sure. And, uh, it sounds like you provide the perfect opportunity for that. Um, just my final question, uh, which is not related to your show. Um, I don't know whether you cause obviously this is a radio show and uh, I play music. Um, have you got a favorite piece of music from a show from a musical that, that you enjoy watching?
5: oh, I don't know, that's a really hard question. I have very eclectic taste in music because I'm always listening for things that might inspire my own shows and I want to therefore be surprised. So, you know, I have my streaming service for music and I let it run wild. So I couldn't necessarily put my finger on anything specific, but I always like the things that I think I don't like. That's what I've learned.
2: Everything I think
5: is not for me, I end up realizing it is. So what shall I play for you
2: then? Give us an example of the sort of thing that. Could,
5: I think could... that the, I think the right answer to that would be you should surprise me with something you think I'd hate. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure to speak to you. Um, uh, enjoy your trip to the northwest. I know you're t- touring all over the the place, but you're in the northwest a couple of times at the Lowry as well in Salford, which is uh, amazing. So you'll love it there. Um, and what I will say to you is. I don't know if this affects magicians in quite the liter- non, non-literal way that normal performers do, but the show's called Break a Leg. So, break a leg.
5: Thank you very much.
2: Well, that was Ben Hart, who is Judo, He will be uh, in the Keyes Theatre at the Lowry on Monday the 23rd of October with his fantastic, um, amazing magic show. He asked me to surprise him with a song he might not like. Well, how can I guess that? But here's a traditional musical theatre show, which he might not like. I hope he does like it, actually. This is Doris Day and the Deadwood Stage.
6: Oh, the Deadwood stages, are rolling on over the plains With the curtains flapping and the driver a-slapping the reins A beautiful sky, a wonderful day Whip, crack away, whip, crack away, whip, crack away Oh, the Deadwood stages is heading on over the hills Where the engine arrows are thicker than porcupine quills Dangerous land, no time to delay So whip crack away, whip crack away, whip crack away We're heading straight for town Loaded down with the fancy cargo Care of Wells and Fargo, Illinois Boy, oh, the Deadwood stages are coming on over the crest like a homin' pigeon that's a-hankerin' after its nest Twenty-three miles we've covered today So whip-crack-away, whip-crack-away, whip-crack-away The wheels go turning round, homeward bound Can't you hear them Happy times a coming for to stay Hey, we'll be home tonight by the light of the silvery moon And my heart's a-thumpin' like a mantle in a pluckin' a When I get home, I'm fixin' to stay, so whip-crack-away, 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 whip-crack-away. Ain't a showman any smarter. Operates the Golden Garter. Where the cream of Deadwood City come to dine. Hell, I'm glad to say he's a very good friend of mine. Hi, Joe. Say, where to get them fancy clothes? I know. some fellers, laundry line. Twenty-seven notches on the draw. There's no one faster, and you're flirting with disaster. When Will Hickok's reputation you malign, and I'm glad to say he's a very good friend of a friend of mine. Over oh, the throat's as dry as a desert thistle in May. In the golden garden, gonna wet my whistle today. Last of the bars, a three-legged crow them up, Joe.
4: Set them up, Joe. Set them up, Joe. Set up, Joe. Listen to us on 106.7 FM via the app for all smartphones. Streaming from our website and on smart speakers. Play
3: Ribble
4: FM. This is your local radio station. This is is Ripple FM.
2: You're listening to me, Ian Cheeseman, here on Break a Leg, all things theatrical and musical theatre. We're about to meet my next guest, Jill Ratcliffe, who will be playing the Mayor's Wife in The Music Man from the 24th to the 28th of October at Stockport Plaza. Just before we meet her, here is a song from Music Man, which her character sings. Pick a little, talk a little,
7: pick a little, talk a little, cheep, 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 talk a lot, pick a little more, pick a little, talk a little, pick a little, talk a little, cheep, 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 talk a lot, pick a little more,
6: pick a little, talk a little, pick a little, talk a little, a lot, pick a little more Pick a little, talk a little, pick a little talk. Professor, her kind of woman doesn't belong on any committee Of course, I shouldn't tell you this, but she advocates dirty books Dirty books? Chaucer, Rebele,
7: Bolzak
6: And the worst thing, of course, I shouldn't tell you this I'll tell A man lived on my street,
7: let me tell No, I'll tell she made brazen overtures to a man who never had a friend in this town till she came here. Oh, yes, that woman made
6: brazen overtures with a gilt guarantee. She had a golden glint in her eye and a silver voice with a caliphate ring. Just melt her down and you'll reveal a lump of lead is called steel here, where a woman's heart should be. He left River City, the
7: library building, but he Just a minute here, Professor. Sorry, we need your credentials. Why, certainly, gentlemen. I have just what you want over my hotel. Please come with me. Good night, ladies.
5: Good night,
1: ladies. Good night, ladies.
8: Well, my name's Jill Ratcliffe um, I have been involved in amateur theatre for a long time for 50 years now since I was at school um, I've played lots of lead roles over the years but in, in this show Music Man I am playing uh, the role of a very grand name eulalie McKechnie Shin she's the mayor's wife and she's, she's rather an odd character um, and she's really good fun to play I've played it before but this time it's quite different it's a different group different director and uh, I've done many shows with Stockport and um, we're just rehearsing it now and it's it's going to be a great show.
2: What draws you to do this? I mean, presumably you have a normal job, you've had a normal life, although, I don't know, maybe one day you dreamed of doing this professionally.
8: Yeah, I started my working life as a police officer and that didn't work out and then I did a a diploma in opera at the Royal Northern and... um, that realised there wasn't much money to be made from singing for a living unless you were very lucky. So uh, I've been a PPE specialist or built up to it for the last 35 years. So I take care of people in the workplace. Um, but this this is something that once you get a bug for amateur theatre, whether it's musicals, plays, anything involved, front of stage, back of stage, anything really, it's a passion you never really lose. Um, it's that buzz you never lose that buzz of going on stage and and I love doing comedy now as I've got older I do more comedy roles and there's nothing better than hearing the audience really laughing when you've delivered a line really well.
2: I suppose the only thing I can compare it with when you talk about it being a buzz because you're not the only one who said that to me is maybe it's like an adrenaline junkie who drives a fast car or or an athlete who gets that running high or whatever is it is it that type of thing is it an ego thing to stand on stage and get a lot of adulation
8: well i mean they, they, there are two skills of thought about how you deal with stress and my job's quite stressful so you either go and chill out and do something very low stress or you do something that's more stressful so i've always believed in doing the theater and to be honest you rehearse for several months for an amateur show Uh, for a musical anyway so you should really know what you're doing by the time it goes on stage but you you have butterflies more than nerves you know just in the wings waiting to go on but once most of us are out there we're in our element we can't wait to to give people a show that's what they've paid for that's what we've worked hard for and you have to enjoy the rehearsal process because there are a lot of rehearsals so that's putting the show together and we all have things that we do outside of this you know we all have have to have careers that make our, our money for us pay the bills so we come together in rehearsal times and we just they're like a family really you spend more time with them than you do with your family towards the end um but yeah it, it's a real buzz and also it is a bit of um I think most performers are slightly insecure so when you get that applause for you done well it, it's kind of a validation and, and it's it's lovely to get that
2: Here's a question I don't often ask, but I'm going to ask it you. What does it feel like when the show's over, when you've done that last curtain call on the last night and you go on and you think, that's it, it's over and I don't know when the next one will be. What does that feel like?
8: Well, for many years, I used to get what we call a show low. So you got the blues the following day, you'd be bereft because you thought, wow, you know, you're working at such a pace. As I've got older, I don't get that quite so much now um, because you, you just get older and wiser, basically. But yeah, it definitely puts you on a roller coaster ride, and it's a really enjoyable roller coaster ride. So, but I've always got something else in the pipeline. So, uh, and most people have an eye on what they're going to be doing next because there are shows going on all the time. Some people are doing more than one at the same time as well. So, uh, you know, you, you, I think you are just looking for what the next opportunity is going to be to do something good, fun, and exciting. What's the best role you've ever had? Then I get asked that quite a lot. Um, when you say best, I mean that, that's a subjective. Yeah, well, I mean, I really. I mean, a role I played that I absolutely adored was Guinevere in Camelot. Um, I must have been thirty years younger when I did that. Um, but I played Dolly in Hello Dolly twice, and that's that's a massive part. And it's a really, you know, it's a really great role to play it's a really good comedy role she's singing she's dancing she's doing everything but there have been lots of parts that I've really enjoyed playing In, in I love Rodgers and Hammerstein all the old school musicals you know as well as the modern ones um, and there are still parts I want to play so like what? um there's a role in nine to five um which i'd love to play and ironically you know whenever you're trying to think of it you can't remember the name of the character um and there are there are various parts that you know in different things that um that i hadn't i never got to play and i'll never play now because i'm too old so you just have to move on from that but um Violet Newstead—that's the role in in ninety-five. Sorry, I just just forgot what it was then. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd love to play the Merry Widow because I'm an opera singer at heart. Although I sing different styles, you'll hear me singing more operatically in this show because that's uh, that's the nature of the of the soprano role. Um, but you know, it, it's just finding things at my age. I'm sixty-three now, and I still want to carry on doing it as long as I can. Um, and you know, th- there are. There are decent older roles for ladies in musicals, like Nettie Fowler in Carousel. She sings You'll Never Walk Alone, which all the football fans think was Jerry the Pacemaker, so of course it was from that. Um, I've played Antella in Oklahoma. I played Laurie when I was younger so there are great older character parts to play um and Gilbert and Sullivan have a lot of older female roles there's always a fe- an older female role in those as well so and that's more operatic if you like so uh so yes I'm just looking forward to what's coming next to be honest.
2: In a recent newspaper column that I wrote um Funnily enough, I wrote about, and I think I don't think you'd be too old for this role, but I've talked about an actress who played um, Rebecca, Rebecca McInnes, who's played... First of all, she was the mother of Jamie in... Um, Everybody's Talking About Jamie. And she was also in um, The Mother in Dear Evan Hansen, both with fantastic <coughs> songs to sing that I absolutely adore. That's, presumably that's the type of thing you'd love to do, would it?
8: It is, but when professionals are making their living out of shows, they don't make the licence available for amateurs, so you don't get to perform in lots... I mean, people have said to me... You know, I say I've been doing musicals for all these years. They say, I say I've been in most musicals and they go Lay Miz, And I say, well, no, because it's still making money for professionals who it's their living. So we don't get to do those. Although you can do it as a children's version, which is curious. Same as Six, they can do that as a children's version now, lots of other shows. But I think, to be honest, those kind of roles are great. But quite often West End roles like that have a real chest voice which is quite hard to get when you're an opera singer because you're singing in your head as opposed to your chest um So not all roles are suitable for me. You know, there's there's certain vocal ranges that suit people better than others, you know. Uh, But yeah, there there are great roles in now for... It's nice to see that older women are getting a voice in these things because we seem to go through a time when they didn't, both professionally and the amateurs, I guess, really. So I don't struggle to find interesting things to take part in anymore. And I know lots and lots of people, so I get messages. I got asked last night to take a rollover, which is... Uh, six weeks time they're putting the show on so when people know you you do get asked and invited to do things you know which is quite good fun and I suppose a bit flattering you know that people think you're capable so that that's always nice although it puts you (laughs) under a lot more pressure so yeah but uh I'm just really enjoying doing this at the moment it's really good fun if I
2: was to ask you, and this is this is a, a great question for you to answer, particularly because I ask it to all my guests, really, is what's your favourite musical and what song can I play for you? Now, you, the world's your oyster now. Any song you like, any range, doesn't have to be a female lead or anything. It can be anything. What would you want to play?
8: Well, oh, that's a really tough one. Um, I think... Um Oh, what can I think that I would really like to hear? I think You'll Never Walk Alone from Carousel is is something that I'd like to hear. I mean, that, that never gets old for me. It's the most beautiful, moving song. And so if you could play that for me, I'd be very grateful. I'll
2: not play the Jerry and the Pacemakers version. No, don't play not that I'll one. play it from the show. <laughs> play
8: it from the show. Yeah, if you
2: can, please. <laughs> well, break a leg and uh, Thank thanks you. for talking to me. Thank you very much. That's the wonderful Jill Ratcliffe, who will be playing the Mayor's Wife in The Music Man at Stockport Plaza, 24th to the 28th of October. Uh, Another one of those amazing amdrams performed this time by Stockport Operatic Society. We'll be meeting more of the cast and the creatives involved in The Music Man in the coming weeks right here on that show. She wanted me to play the ending of Carousel, You'll Never Walk Alone. So this is the film version hope she enjoys it as much as I do. What a great ending to a film this is.
9: I can't tell you any sure way to happiness. I only know that you've got to go out and find it for yourselves. You can't lean on the success of your parents. That's their success. And don't be held back by their failures. Listen to him. Believe him. Makes no difference what they did or didn't do. You just stand on your own two feet. The world belongs to you as much as to the next fellow. So don't give it up. And try not to be scared of people not liking you. Just you try liking them. And just keep your faith and your courage and you'll turn out all right. It's like what we used to sing every morning when I was a boy at school. Maybe you still sing it. When you walk through a storm, hold your head up high. You know that one?
1: And oh
10: don't be
4: your local radio station. This is Ribble FM.
7: Oh, we can rebuild the family name. We'll be resplendent, casting off our false sense of shame. We can resume our former style, living in such a country pile. We can rebuild the family name. We'll build a mansion on this land. We'll build a mansion and regain the upper hand. Can't see his fortune go to waste. We are the stalwarts of good taste. We'll We'll build build a mansion on on this land. We have briefed the architect. We'll, we'll build a palace, palace on this plot The kitchen, courtyard, and the laundry should be kept from view. Why not plant some hedging, juniper, or you? All along the driveway, swaying in the breeze, I suggest an avenue of trees. Trees have charming mama. <laughs> we will design a stately home. A st- Dome Flying a flag Makes perfect sense Turn the funds In residence We will will design design A stately home We should appoint The household star We'll pick the parliaments On Mr Kip's behalf Only the best And then hands down We'll show the Punnets of this town We should appoint The household star to have a little house All neater than a pin A little house Without her mother in A little house A house for the briny sea A house for me girl and me These grand designs Are gonna cost a bit
11: I fear we've got
7: our
6: wires Crossed a bit
7: a house so big, I'll just get lost in it. I don't want the place to sprawl. I just, just want, want a house,
6: house that's small enough, enough for two.
7: You got home all right then?
6: I should have come away with you. I'm sorry. I...
7: Don't be. The walk back cleared my head. And that's what I wanted Ooh. to. Oh, Arthur, there you are. And um, we've been discussing the style. I don't know much about style. I just want a cottage.
1: <laughs> bye, bye, bye.
2: Into the first hour of Break a Leg with me, Ian Cheeseman, and I hope you enjoyed it. As much as I did putting it together, and I was particularly excited to speak to the West End and Broadway legend that is Kerry Ellis, who you'll hear more from in the coming weeks. But also this week, I had the honour of speaking to, again, one of the legends of Broadway, of of musical theatre, Mark Shaman. He wrote the music for... Hairspray, and he's done loads of other things as well. Mary Poppins Returns and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which was in Manchester not too long ago. So in this hour, we concentrate a lot more on the music. And sometimes I pick three musicals and that's what we do. We play songs from three musicals. Today, they're in pairs. And the first pair are from one of Mark Shaman's shows, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. First of all, we hear Pure Imagination, sung by Josh Groban. That's the one you're familiar with. And then Veruca's Nutcracker Suite.
0: you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Take a look
2: Nutcracker Sweet from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. The next pair of songs in this hour are from Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. If you get to see this show, go and see. And it will be on at Stockport Plaza. I know this is a long way in the future now, from the 12th to the 16th of March next year by Romilly Operatic Society. I'll be giving this a few plugs. My son's in it. He's brilliant. First of all, Go West and then We Belong from Priscilla. Queen of the Desert.
1: Together, we will fly so high. Together, tell our friends goodbye. Together, we will start life new. Together, this is what we'll do. Go away!
2: And then we belong from the brilliant Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. The next pair of songs hardly need any introduction. From the unbelievable Les Miserables, I dreamed a dream, and do you hear the people sing?
10: There was a time when men were kind, when their voices were soft, and their words inviting. There was a time when love was blind, and the world was a song. And the song was exciting. There was a time. Then it all went wrong. then I was young and unafraid mm-hmm. dreams were made used and wasted mm-hmm. There was no ransom to be paid No song and song, no wine untasted But the tigers come at night With their voices soft as thunder As they tear your
11: home apart
10: As they turn your dream to share my days with endless wonder he took my child
0: again when the beating of your heart echoes the beating of the drums there is a life about to start when tomorrow
12: comes will you join in our crusade who will be strong and stand with me beyond the barricade is there a world you long to see then join in the fight
7: that will give you the right to be free
12: Give all you can give so that a banner may advance. Some will fall and some will live. Will you stand up and take your chance? The blood of the martyrs will water the meadows of France. Do you hear the people sing? Singing the song of angry men. It is beautiful
4: local news, weather, programming, or to listen to your favourite interviews again, check the website at 106.7 Ribble FM. You're listening to
2: Ian Cheeseman on Break a Leg, all things theatrical and musical theatre, and in this hour, concentrating on the music. We've got songs from Phantom of the Opera, Pebble and the Penguin, Once More with Feeling, which I'll explain a bit more about in a moment, but next up, Book of Mormon. And since we're doing these songs in pairs, this seemed an appropriate song to play, because this song is called Two by Two, because that's what the Mormons do when they go off on a mission. And of course, their headquarters are in Salt Lake City. So we're going to play the song Salt Lake City, which you'll get more when you hear the lyrics. Hope you enjoy these two.
13: most important time of a Mormon kid's life is his mission. A chance to go out and help heal the world, that's my mission. Soon I'll be off in a different place, helping the whole human race. I know my mission will be
12: something incredible. Elders, form a line and step forward when your name is called, Elder Young.
0: Sir, your mission, brother,
12: will be Elder Grant! That, that's me! Hey, brother! And your mission location is. Norway!
1: Oh wow! Norway! Land of gnomes and trolls! hey-ya. <laughs> Your mission is our
7: sacrifice. We are the army of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints.
1: July 2, and today we'll know who will make the journey, with and where we'll go. We're fighting for a cause, but we're really, really nice. We are the army of the
12: Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Elder White and Elder Smith! Oh, I knew we'd get paired together! Your location will be France!
7: France!
12: pastries, and
7: turtlenecks. Two by two, I guess it's you and me. We're off to preach across land and sea. Satan has a hold of friends. We need to knock him off his perch. We are the soldiers of the army of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Elder
12: Cross and Elder Green, you will be serving in
1: Japan. Oh, Japan! Land of soy sauce. And Mothra. Elder
9: Harris and Elder Brown.
1: Uganda cool Where is that? Africa Oh boy like Lion King Two by two and now it's time to go Our past have been revealed so let's start the show Our shirts are clean and pressed and our haircuts are precise We are the army of the church We are the army of the church We are the army of the church of Jesus Greatest book in history will convert everyone all across the planet.
13: Mother once told me of a place With waterfalls and unicorns flying Where there was no suffering, no pain Where there was laughter instead of dying I always thought she'd made it up To comfort me in times of pain But now I know that place now I know its name Salt Lake, a city Not just a story Mama told But a village in Utah Where the roofs are thatched with gold If I could let myself believe I know just where I'd be Like on the next bus to Paradise Sateleca City I can imagine what it must be like This perfect happy place I'll bet the goat meat there is plentiful And they have vitamin injections by the case The warlords there are friendly They help you cross the street Be
2: of mormon now is one of the longest running ever west end shows very very successful two by two salt lake city two songs from that particular show well now two songs from one that you won't be as familiar with unless you are a buffy the vampire slayer fan because there was a musical episode the whole episode the whole 45 minutes was sung as a musical uh, due to a spell, I think, by by one of the vampires. Once More With Feeling, it's called. Uh, this was uh, an episode in the sixth season, which ran from 1997 to 2003. And one of the reasons why this sprung to my mind was uh, I was interviewing Brendan this week, you'll hear it in a future episode of Break the Leg, who is bringing a one-man parody round to this area uh, to celebrate, I suppose, um, the great... Uh, theatre that was Buffy the Vampire Slayer that certainly will be when he's on stage so once more with feeling two songs from that something to sing about and where do we go from here
11: life's a show and we all play our parts and when the music come true.
0: not a song Life isn't bliss Life is just this It's living You'll get along The pain that you feel You only can heal By living You have to go on living So one of us is living
4: This is your local radio station. This is Ribble FM.
2: I'm Ian Cheeseman, this is Break a Leg, all things theatrical and musical theatre, and focusing on the music in this hour. And to conclude this hour, in just a moment or two, you'll hear two songs, which we're playing them in pairs, from Phantom of the Opera. But before that, a musical... Family film, which came out in 1995 to uh, star the voice talents of Martin Short, Tim Curry, Jim Belushi, uh, Shani Wallace, all sorts of great, great talents. It was directed by Don Bluth and Gary Oldman, and it was written, the music, by Barry Manilow. Here are two songs from that now called Now and Forever and Hopeless, Helpless Romantic.
0: Is a charming tradition observed by the Adelie penguins. Once a year, during the mating season, all the male birds gather on the Antarctic beaches, and there each selects an extraordinary pebble. With pebble in hand, each male presents his precious gift to the lady he most desires. If she accepts it, they mate for life. home
12: Just a help little small but it has this beautiful st-
0: Time,
1: okay. When the cause is true love, no
12: battle is too fierce, no journey is too long, and no search is too formidable. I've got a harem to fill up the zoo, I'm just a head
2: finish off this hour two songs from one of the greatest musicals ever written phantom of the opera music of the night will follow all i ask of you thanks for listening i'll see you again same time next week if you're in a show or you're going to a show this week break a leg
0: You
10: on the news.